0: John and I are throwing a live event this summer in Minneapolis in late July, and we'd love to have you there. The catch is, this is only open to course members. So if you are a member of our course and you're listening to this, head to dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash live and sign up. We'd love to have you there. And if you are listening to this and you've been thinking about buying the course and you'd love to join us in Minneapolis, book a call with us today, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash call. Get on a call. John and I can walk you through what's in the course, get you prepped to get in the course and get you set up with a live event ticket as well, we'd love to see all of our course members there and really build some community and learn all sorts of different nuggets about high ticket dropshipping and mindset and and everything else that we're going to teach while we're there. We'd love to have you there. Come join us in Minneapolis in July. Dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash live. Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast. And today we're answering a question. I actually got, I got on a sales call, uh, someone who had a business going already. They were in another course, and they said, oh, "This course sucks. Uh, what do you guys? I want to come over and learn from you guys." Um, and he, they had a question about outsourcing, and they wanted to know what are the top things to outsource and when to do it. And so I think John and I maybe have differing opinions here or different experiences is probably more likely. Uh, but I also think we share mostly the same ideas here of like when and what to outsource. And so you know, right off the gates, John, product uploading, it seems like the easiest thing to get off of your plate right away as you build your business. Where's your experience lying there? Do you hire anything else right out of the gates or is it you just get someone uploading your products and helping you build the business? Yeah, look, I
1: mean, I think if you're, you know, I mean, if you're following along in some sort of course or mentorship with this, you're, you're probably going to learn how to do a lot of the stuff. So you don't need to like learn to do it yourself. So like if you're in Dropship Breakthrough in our program, we show you how to do a lot of the stuff yourself, right? And a lot of the stuff is probably easier than you're thinking it's going to be um, in the beginning and you can do it yourself. And the value of paying somebody else to do it isn't really there in my opinion, but uploading products, the value is there because it is quite a time-consuming process. You can do it yourself. On my very first business, uh, I did upload all of my first products myself for sure and I spent long nights doing that, right? Um but the reality is, you know, the nature of these businesses, you might have hundreds of products in the beginning that you could put on your site uh, and you should. Um, and so getting somebody's assistance, if it's something that you can afford to pay somebody to help you with, and it's not a particularly expensive thing to pay for, just to get that product data that you're getting from your suppliers into your Shopify account and then, you know, make it look decent uh, is, a, is a good uh, a good investment because it's gonna get you to the point of making your first sale getting your first customers uh, a lot quicker than if you're just doing it uh, just doing it yourself so yeah I think that's for me that's definitely the best thing um, personally I've always found people to upload products into Shopify through onlinejobs.ph so people in the Philippines there are literally, probably thousands of people on that platform who have experience with Shopify, how the Shopify backend works, how to upload products. One of the nice things about Shopify is that it's used by like a million online stores. So, there are a lot of people with experience these days on how to do things in Shopify and you don't need to really, you'll be able to hire somebody that knows how to do it. So, the training required is more around how you want the products uploaded rather than how do you Shopify? You don't really have to teach a lot of people how
0: to use Shopify these days, which is nice. Yeah, I think I found mine on Upwork. Uh, it did test quite a few people. I think the key when thinking about outsourcing this is get your style down, right? So you get fluent in it. Build out. John likes to do loom videos. I have an entire ridiculous process in a Google doc, do some mixture of both, but get your process outline. And we have some checklists in the course too, for SEO to make sure that you're getting your H ones and your H twos and your images one by one and alt tag and file name and all the goodies that you need to do in your business. Get that all laid out so that you can outsource it. And I think I pay, and this is going to be controversial. I think I see some people, uh, you know, getting all over Nick Huber on Twitter, but I pay $4 an hour for this, uh, which I think is a a good wage for the human that I'm paying this. Her name is Rose. I love Rose. Shout out to you, Rose. If you ever listen to this, I've referred her to many, uh, students and, Colleagues as well, just because she has the systems dialed in. Um, Yeah, Don't everyone reach out and ask for Rose after this uh, podcast, but you can easily find somebody. Just go to Upwork, lay out exactly what you need done, and you'll have plenty of people reach out and say, hey, this is something I think I can do for you. I like to give them all the same product. And just say, go upload this in the back end. I'll actually set up a mystoreva at gmail.com, give them all that same login, give that login access to the back end to upload products, and then have them all upload one and name it. Just name the title their name, t- product title, and uh, it you know see who can follow the process best. I think you'll have no shortage of people who claim they can do it. Most will be able to do it well. Some will do it great. Hire the people that do it great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think we probably have an episode at some point just on how to do outsourcing right if we haven't already done that but um, definitely just to reinforce one of the points been just made like don't just hire somebody and tell them to go and do it you've got to show them how to how you want it done in your site so I can't count how many people uh, over the years I've spoken to who are like oh I hired this person off Fiverr and they just went and did stuff in my Shopify account and it was all wrong that's your fault that's not their fault right you're you can't pay somebody to do it their way. Your site needs to be built in your way. And so you have to train people who are going to work for you. It doesn't matter what task we're talking about here, um, how to do it in your way. And you've actually got to have yeah, videos or uh, even text-based documents. It doesn't matter. You've got to give them something and give them guidance. Otherwise, you 100% are going to run into times where you pay somebody to do something and then you go and look at the end result and you're like, well, that's not the way I like it and uh that
0: in your ca- in that case that's your fault and you're going to run into that anyway just like no one's going <laughs> to do it the way you it's... want it done and it's going to be frustrating uh, yeah. and you're going to have to do a little more editing than you think you should but like that i think that turns people away it did for me in the beginning just like all right mm. i guess i'll just do it myself that's not the right answer there the answer is to lean in and take them from the 80% to 100% you know through feedback and uh yeah. you know hopefully you did well hiring but you're probably going to hire some people that can't yeah. do it either
1: Hiring, uh, developing people, training people is a skill, right? And if you've never done it before, it's a skill you need to develop. Um, and you know, you, you can go you know, listen to anybody who's uh, anywhere successful in business and they will tell you that people who are really successful in business aren't great at doing stuff. They're great at finding people who are great at doing stuff and getting them to do it for them right so if you want to be build big businesses if you want to if you want to be that guy then you have this is a skill that you should get good at like hiring finding the right people give, giving them the development pathway and then supporting them to go and do that thing that they're great at because you can't be great at everything in your business no one person is the best at everything right yeah me Hands has to his but, hand up. You know, other
0: people. But not. Uh, it's, <laughs> look, this is a skill along with many other skills. I am of the belief you got to learn how to do it yourself before you can outsource it. But uh, it's a that's been one of the harder skills for me to learn. Is uh, you know, I think we did well hiring in the beginning. Uh, I've made a few mistakes hiring, and um, heck, I've made a few mistakes firing. And so uh, it's a yeah, it's a it's um it's a muscle I've never had to tone before until. In business, right? I, don't, I just don't think you're using it other places unless you were a manager or something like that in uh, in a previous company before. So um, it's a skill and, you know, the riding bike analogy. You're going to fall off your bike a few times and, uh, you know, hire fast and, and fire faster. And I've heard that advice for so long, but uh, I don't necessarily think I've listened to it sometimes where I certainly should have fired faster and um, never really came back to bite me. But uh, every time you do, you're just like, oh, I should have done that months ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, there's more on this list. And I, I, the next one, I've only done in-house. So, if we're going to talk outsource, like truly outsourcing, um, I'd love to hear your take on the next one on the list here, John. Customer service. Well,
1: look, yeah. I think when people people in the e-commerce space tend to use the word outsourcing because that's... Or in the dropshipping space, let's use the word outsourcing. I don't think it matters whether it's outsourced or in-house. I just think most people aren't familiar with in-housing something. So, um, I think I think it's... This, in going with the spirit of the question... Uh, I think it really is getting somebody else to do these things, right? Whether it's in-house or out-house, I don't think it matters. But uh, customer service is the next one on the list. And um, this is a big one for me, like as in it's a really important one to uh, take off your plate Um, and... The reason for that is, is once again, it's something you need to do a bit yourself in the beginning, I think. You, you need to have a connection with your customer, with your ideal customer. You need to get to know them as a business owner. That's really cool. And often when you're dropshipping, you're coming into a market that you may not have a lot of personal exposure to, as in, you may not be your ideal customer. Sometimes you might be, but more often than not, you're not. And so, being able to develop an understanding of, of your um, ideal customer by talking directly to them on the phone and listening to them and hearing what they have to say and what their experiences are and all that sort of thing is valuable for you as a business owner to a point. But the difficulty with customer service, particularly phone-based customer service, is you cannot predict it. So it's just going to happen when it happens. And for you as a business owner... Being in like a workflow and having to stop that, like let's say you're working on the big important tasks on your business, like you're doing the work to move your SEO or something like that. And then every 15 minutes, you've got to stop because the phone rings and you've got to answer it and you get out of your flow and you get back into it. And and either side, it's 15 minutes of an interruption before you get back to peak work output. Now, if you're just getting started, you're, you might be saying, well, what the fuck does that matter? I just want to make a sale. Sure, but believe me, this is real, right? So, that means you're basically losing, you've only got X number of hours in the day. So, you've got to get your head around now about maximizing your usage of that time. Like if you want to be, once again, the most successful person, you've got to get the things that only you can do into your time, right? And customers, like having it broken up by answering the phone, which is important to make sales, but individual phone calls in and of themselves are not going to be the thing that decides the long-term success or failure of your business, right? So they are urgent but not important. I don't know, that's a whole nother... This is a whole nother prioritization thing that we we can talk about another time. I won't deep dive into that because it's a rabbit hole. But um, it's because of that interrupting nature, and it gets worse. So as your business grows, you get more and more of that. Um, and certainly you can find... Um, that it can turn into a job of its, in and of itself if you let it. Um, and it's because of the disruptive nature of it. What it means is that customer service stops you from doing all of the other things that you could be doing. And a lot of those things are not things that you should or could outsource, at least not in the beginning, either because they're really expensive to outsource or because it's just, you're not going to get a better result from outsourcing it. Customer service though is... So, you can go out there and, and usually find somebody who has years and years of customer service experience that is actually going to provide a better outcome for your customers than you. And this is certainly the case for me, right? Because um, I get really cranky with people on the phone, <laughs> you know, uh, and I've found in the beginning, I thought, oh, look, no one can do customer service better than me in my business. Right. I'm, I'm the guy. Like, this is my business. I'm going to do it best. Uh, and then I hired a really fantastic person and she just blew it out of the park. Right. Like I can still remember her. she was one of my first ties in my first business, Carol. Um, she was in the Philippines and she was amazing. And the length she would go to with the customers was way above where I would get frustrated with them and just be like, oh, you're an idiot. I don't want to talk to you anymore sort of thing. Go away. Get out of my face. Um, like angry customers or customers who are, you know, had a problem with something, the patience she would exhibit was far and away better than what I could do, and that had much better outcomes for the business as a whole. Not only just did I not have to think about or deal with that at all anymore, um, but it actually led to happier customers. So you have to, I think, this is a big one. It, it's going to get you if you do it right. It's going to get you better outcome, but it's also going to protect your time. As, as the leader of your business to actually lead your business. I just want to jump in real quick here and say, if you've been thinking about getting started in the high-ticket dropshipping space, maybe you've been thinking about joining the Dropship Breakthrough Program, but you've got if you're like most people, you've got some questions. You might have some things that are unresolved in your mind around whether this is the right thing for you to be doing right now, whether this is the right thing for you to be investing your time in and starting a business here. Well, we got something that might help you if you are in that situation. You can jump on a call with a member of our team here at Dropship Breakthrough, and might even be me or Ben. To have a chat through those questions and help to help you work out whether high-ticket dropshipping, being a member of Dropship Breakthrough is the right thing for you to be doing right now. So all you need to do to do that is head to dropship breakthrough. That's one word uh, breakthrough spelt B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U dot com forward slash call. You'll find the link uh, in the show notes. Head there and that will take you to a page which has a booking calendar on it, where you can find a time that works for you. It's a free half an hour call where you'll chat with a member of our team once again, could be me, could be Ben as well, uh, about whatever you're thinking, whatever questions you have, whatever you'd you'd like to work out, so that you can then go away and determine whether this is the right thing for you to be doing. So go ahead, head to dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash call and book your call in today.
0: I've seen this done a few ways, so I'll just give you the few examples I'm aware of. Uh, Kellen, if you're listening, shout out to Kellen. Uh, he, I was hoping he could present to the event, uh, our live event in July, uh, but he's got a he's got a, a a young one on the way, I believe. So uh, I don't know if he'll be able to make it. But he did something unique. Yeah, what a weird excuse, huh? Uh, he did something unique in that he hired a call center, which I think a lot of people do. You're not gonna you're not gonna avoid those emails from call centers who want to try to do that for you. But they're not great, right? And uh, they often are just reading your product page. And so you'll call and you'll hear them clicking through to answer the question. It's not great. So Kellen listened to every single phone call for six months straight and provided them feedback on a daily basis of how to be better. Uh, and now he has an unbelievable team behind him who's doing an excellent job. So that's one way. Uh, I've seen people uh, outsource to Filipinos working in the middle of the night, and I've seen that go well. I've seen that go extremely poorly. I think that really depends on the human behind the screen. There, uh, the biggest company I was part of, we probably waited too long. We uh, we hit one million in the first year, and that's when we made a hire. And so almost immediately, that person's time was taken up by just phone calls, uh, and we had to hire another person. And so uh, I've seen that happen. They were straight out of college. We paid you know twenty bucks an hour, which used to be a lot uh, prior to COVID. I would say that's probably closer to thirty dollars an hour is what we would have paid them now. Uh, and then I've seen uh, other people go to sites like hiremymom.com or – I was over here scrolling this entire time trying to find the military spouse one. There's very one very much like Hire My hiremymom uh, for stay-at-home moms for military spouses as well who want to do this sort of thing. And so I think you can find somebody who wants to stay home has four to six hours in their day they can dedicate to your business to return calls uh and help answer the phone during that time period and uh it could be relatively inexpensive and pull this off for you yeah
1: yeah absolutely I, and, and i think what you mentioned for a customer service it really comes down to the person i think all of those avenues can work for sure um, but it always it doesn't matter where you're hiring from or what country they're in it for customer service is, is a human versus it's a human interaction, right? So it comes down to the human. So this is one of the areas where uh, taking the time to hire properly uh, and actually taking the time to find the right person and not just the cheapest person or not just the first person that comes across your path, doing interviews, um, you know, properly, all of that sort of thing is, is hugely valuable because if you can find the right person here, it can be like a game changer. For for when you're in the early stages of your business, like in your first twelve months, somewhere is ideally when when you're doing this, um, it's it's massive, it's really massive, and I've seen guys that didn't do this, like like you mentioned, Ben. There's there's a friend of ours in the, in the in our program who, whose business got into the I think sort of the three million dollars a year in annual revenue mark, and he was still doing all of the customer service himself. Um, and when I first started talking to him, he was like, I have no time to do anything else. Uh, and he's very lucky that he got that far at that point. I think with just everything that way, um, but it couldn't do anything else because he was spending forty hours a week doing customer service or something ridiculous like that as the business owner and not doing anything else. So you don't want to end up there. If you can do it earlier, it's much easier because if you get to there and you've got to then spend time doing
0: bring people in to to fix that for you, it's 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 harder. Right. See, we often talk about the mental here, and this is one where you're going to run into your own blocks. Like John said earlier, no one can do it like I can do it, right? And you will close more sales than the person you hired close, at least in the beginning, but you should be able to train them to be better than you if they're not better than you out of the gates already because you hired well. And so like you're going to run into the, you know, they can't do it as well as me. Uh, also in that 3 million case, I'm not saying this is the case with them, but it's very easy to watch your profits go up and up, but now it's enough. You left your job. Now you're living off that. Now it's like, oh, you made a little bit more. Now you can have a little of the niceties you wanted to have. Maybe you upgraded your car or something, or got a nicer home or whatever. Like it's really easy for your lifestyle to rise with your business, and then you've just created yourself a job where you're answering the phone forty hours a week, and you can't grow your business, and there's no way to outsource it because now you've kind of gotten used to or accustomed to uh, those profits as they rise too. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of traps here. I think.
1: Yeah. I heard this really great saying the other day or this really great phrase that has been actually bouncing around in my head, not because of we're recording this podcast, just in general in the last week, um, just in terms of how I'm operating in our you know various businesses and all that sort of thing. And, and tell me what you think about this. Uh, it kind of stuck out to me. It's like we, we all want to, you know, we all get into business to make more money, right, usually. Um, and it was something like you can't, you can't be worth $500 an hour if you spend your time doing $26 an hour jobs. So, I think about that and that's like I put a price on my time, right? And it's pretty high and, and I know you do too, Ben, and it's it's also pretty high um, compared to, you know, the average job standards. Um but that thinking in that way has actually made me pull up a lot of times and look at what I'm doing and say, is what I'm doing actually worth that? Do you know what I mean? And, and should somebody else be doing this who I can pay that smaller amount of money? So
0: anyway, we can have fractals all we want here. The, I heard that from my friend, George. Uh, he calls them minimum wage activities. And I fought that for a long time of like, like he got on me uh, for mowing my lawn. He's like, it takes you an hour of your day. What do you charge people for an hour? At the time, it was $100 an hour. And he's like, how much would it cost you to hire someone to mull it where you could spend that hour, you know, either working or just spending it with your family or doing anything else that you want to? And so, uh, man, it's really hard in the beginning to let go of things. I'm raising my hand and saying I was guilty of this too of like, uh, you know, hiring someone for customer service or product, even product uploading was very hard at the beginning. I just my perfectionist tendencies which tend to get in the way probably more than i think they should get in the way really showed up back then and it's it's very easy to not believe a different way is possible because you've only known one way, right? Like, first off, you didn't know anything. Then you started a business, and you've only known the way that you've muscled it to this point. And so, believing somebody else can come along and, and realizing that, you know, it's a completely new skill set, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's we spent twenty minutes getting to this point. Let's move on. I'm probably gonna turn this into a two parter, so uh, maybe I'll cut it here for the next episode. The next thing that I like, I like to think about. I kind of bundle into customer service, and that's order processing. It's just such a headache. Um, It's a time-consuming thing that I think a lot of people want to figure out how to automate. And you can automate some of it. Um, but not all of it, right? And so I like to kind of lump that into the customer service. They're the one who just closed the order on the phone. They may not need to wait for clear sale to approve because they've already talked to this customer. They can get the order moving. They can deal with supplier relations. They can handle returns, refunds, customer complaints. Like they're already basically doing all of the things besides placing the order and handling the supplier side of things. I kind of like to lump those together. And it makes you feel like, The investment you're making into that human, uh, that there's more value being had to you or, or, you know, just more things coming off your plate, allowing you more time to just buy your time back to either spend with your family or go to the beach if you're John or go to a baseball game if you're me or, you know, work on your business, pulling bigger levers. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think in the beginning, this is, and this is one way, like if you're sitting there going, well, I want to outsource customer service you know, answering the phone and whatnot, but that's not like a full-time role yet. This is the thing that you put alongside it, like, you know, placing orders with suppliers and all of that sort of thing in the back end and then managing that kind of fulfilment process. I think that goes hand-in-hand with customer service. There is a point where the volume... Gets that you separate them, and you might have somebody that's just working on the order processing. You know, they're contacting suppliers when they need to to resolve issues, and you know all of that sort of stuff, managing tracking information, blah blah blah, all that kind of thing. I think that there is a point where they become separate because just the volume of customer service means that it is a full time job for one. If you get even bigger, maybe two people, but um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't overplay the automation here. I hear that that question a lot, like. Oh, it sounds like with one of these businesses, I'm going to have to individually, manually contact suppliers to place an order. And it's like, yeah, you are. But let's be honest, you're selling $3,000 products. If you sell 10 of those a day, you're going to be making 33 grand a day in revenue, which is a lot. There's still only 10 orders. That's going to take a person less than one hour to completely manually with no automation process those. You're going to pay that person 10 bucks. So what? Like, what are we talking about here? It's it's a non-issue. It's really just a non-issue. So the 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 automation thing is not even. It's completely unnecessary. Like it's a waste of time.
0: So I spoke with a guy at e-commerce fuel live who is solving this problem, and he originally started wanting to solve it for us folks, so that like you and we'll just say supplier A, B, and C. If you all, uh, if you put the app on your store, and they simply when they sent their uh, inventory updates, which is usually a spreadsheet and tag them in the email that that would automatically sync to your app and update all the inventory, which would be a really nice thing to have honestly. And then uh, at the same time, it would help with the order processing. Again, you would just shoot the email tag them or, you know, it would zap into the thing. It sounded fantastic. And then I was like, great. What does that cost? And he said, 20 grand a year is where we start at." And I was just like, um, I don't think I could pitch this to my students right out of the gates. Like, is this is something that would definitely work. And he's like, yeah, that's why we're going after enterprise, blah, 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 blah. And so, um, I hope someday it gets dropped down to us because there is some benefit to automation, but I think too many people are looking for this passive income stream that's just going to print them money on demand. Um, That's not what a business is, right? A business is a living, breathing entity that you have to caress and take care of and invest into.
1: Yeah. It's hard to see somebody developing a complicated SaaS product type thing for this that is going to replace the minimal cost of a VA in somewhere like the Philippines. Not to say that you should pay those people a, a tiny amount of money. You should pay them a, a good amount of money that's appropriate for where they live, right? Um, they should still be well paid, but it's still going to be like, even if you're going to charge me a hundred bucks a month for that service, it's still comparable and I can get that person to do other things. So I, I actually, for a high ticket dropshipping business, if, I, if it was a different e-commerce business with a really high number of daily orders, yeah, totally, there's benefit to automation. But here... Very few people are doing enough sales in a day where they're overrun with processing orders. And if they are, it's because they don't have a person helping them do it. They're doing it themselves. So, the answer isn't to seek some funky automation that might break half the time. Yeah. Uh, It's to just hire someone. It's so easy. It's unbelievably easy.
0: Yeah, I think going back to that scenario where we hired someone too late and we had to get a second guy on, he quickly became the order processing and handling all of that. This guy handled all of the phones and we had to bring in another person for the phones. And so uh, it quickly can become its own job. It can be uh, a lot if you're doing extremely well, uh, which we were doing extremely well in that business. Uh, you know. And then, of course, there's, there's not just here's the order right as the order comes back and tracking and uh yeah god forbid chargebacks and returns and um just customers complaining it's going to happen right there is a, there is a second side to the customer service more on the you know the back end post sale side of customer service there so um but all right let's let's move on this list right so Product uploading, customer service, order processing. I think the next thing I would look into is content itself. I think there's actually like quite a few pieces to SEO that you could outsource. The one piece I would say don't outsource is I think you should do your own keyword research. I I haven't, I just haven't run into somebody who can do it well. Can you go to what is his name, Spencer on Fiverr? We've talked about him before. Uh, You can go pay him five bucks, ten bucks, and he'll give you them all in a spreadsheet. But where you actually allocate them in your business, what type of page is it? What is the intent behind the search term? Where? How do you do the headlines? How do you do the supporting keywords? That is something that, I think you should handle in your business. And until I find somebody, which I'm testing someone right now, please be the one, uh, until I find somebody who can pull this off, I just I think that's something you can't outsource. But you can outsource once you've outlined the keyword for the page or the collection or the blog post and outline the other headlines and the supporting keywords that need to be there. You can absolutely outsource that content. And I don't mean to chat GPT, though they may be able to help you with some outlining. I think you can hire someone to do this. And again, just like the other things we've talked about, that doesn't come without it's ups and downs for sure. I've I've only rarely hired someone out of the gates who just crushed it for me. It's mostly been the case that they're they're part of the way there and I got to continue working with them to match my tone, match my voice, things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and this 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 is a good one, right? Writing any sort of content for your website, whether it's blog posts, uh, collection page content, even product descriptions, which is more copy rather than content, but Most people who start a high-ticket dropshipping business are not natural writers. In fact, most people in general are not good at writing. I think, you know, it's probably 15% of the population or less are actually find it easy to write stuff. Most people are like, oh, it's just so hard. And if if something feels hard in your business, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to do it. You're going to procrastinate around it. You're going to do anything else that you can do to avoid doing it. And this is why a lot of people actually don't get anywhere with SEO because the tasks that need to be done, they don't want to do because they don't feel confident about it. They don't feel they have the skills to do it um, or they just don't enjoy it. Like writing a 3,000-word blog post is a lot of work and sometimes you need to do that. Not always, but sometimes you need that nice, big, chunky piece of content. Uh, You shouldn't be doing that yourself as a business owner. Once again, in that time spectrum, your daily amount of time, you can't sit there for 10 hours writing a massive piece of content like that. Uh, And it may even take you more than that if you want to do a really good one. So you absolutely should offload that because one, it's going to make sure it happens regularly. You don't have to procrastinate around it and you're actually going to start making progress in you know, probably what is our most important uh, method of generating traffic for a high-ticket dropshipping business.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot, again, in SEO that you can do here, right? So, yeah, again, find somebody who's going to do backlink building the right way. You can find plenty of people who will charge you absolutely nothing and do backlink building the wrong way. But if you can get someone to actually do the outreach for you and offer to do guest posts, offer offer niche edits, if they can go find places, broken backlink building. Uh, I actually found a site today I think I'm going to share with our students on a call, John they're doing all the stuff right and so they've got all the you know you can go get a link from samsung.com if you know how to get into their uh you know their portal and get a link do you want one maybe depends what industry you're in uh but there's a lot of EDU links that you can kind of backdoor your way into. There, there's all sorts of different ways to do backlink building, And if you can find somebody who's quality at it, not just doing guest posts, like I think uh, ABC Plus from Matt Diggity, eh, eh, it's okay. Uh, they're going to go do guest posts on random blogs. They're, they are links. Uh, this is not exactly what I'm talking about. Smash Digital, same sort of thing. They're going to go do guest blog posting on random places. I think you can get somebody in your business to do a better job than that at a cheaper cost. Uh, and again, you're going to want to make sure you understand the process here before you hire somebody. But I think you could definitely do that. Same with uh, like research, just general research on the marketplace. Uh, what are your competitors doing? Um, where do they have links? Can they go do all the HRS works for you and, and find all the, the you know, the, the gap analysis, as they would call it, right? These, your competitors have these links. Everyone has one. You don't have one. Let's go find those links. I think there's a lot of research you could have somebody doing or, you know, let's imagine your B2B. You could have them go scrape every single uh, landscaper in the country if that is your target person that you want to talk to, right? And then they can do the cold outreach behind that. Uh, there's there's a lot I think you can do that maybe isn't a direct lever in your business or maybe doesn't directly free you up but allows you to gather the information you need in order to, to take action. What are some like random things that you've outsourced there, John? Or, or maybe you can just build on some of the things we just touched on. Yeah,
1: oh, definitely I think with, with um, backlink building, As as long as you get, work out the processes and we give our students some of those, like with SOPs in Dropship Breakthrough, um, you know, you can go to an agency for that and they're going to charge you like, you know, to do some of the methods that we're talking about, like a thousand bucks a month, let's say, or something like that, right? Um, and, And what that gets you usually with an agency is about four or five hours of someone's time in a piece of software that they use. Let's be honest; they're not spending every every working day, every hour of their working week on your business. Um, You can get a ten dollar an hour person to do those tasks for you if you train them in how to do it. Right, so you know a thousand bucks a month. Convert that to ten dollars an hour. How much time is that? Dedicated time just for you in your business is that actually going to get you? It's a lot more than you're going to get out of that agency you're going to end up making a lot more progress in that space because the amount of outreach that person is going to do is massively more. Um, And so I think, yeah, once again, uh, the way that you do those things, if you can learn it yourself, you can teach somebody else to do it. And I think that in most cases is the best thing to do. Um, for, For a a value, but also having oversight and control over how things are happening in your business. You get much greater levels of that when you, you know, work with somebody within your business. So,
0: um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. think SEO is where it could get fun. Like you could, you can, yeah. like you said, There's there are folks. Ten dollars an hour is. Well paid in some places in this world, yeah. right? And yeah. so you know, can you go hire 12, 13? Probably doesn't scare a lot of people on this call. Thinking I'm going to hire you for thirteen bucks an hour for twenty hours a week. That's not that scary of a dollar amount, right? That wh- what does that come to? Like a thousand uh, dollars a month or something like that. Like that's that's way reasonable to get somebody part time. Focusing on your business only. Now, what you need to watch out for again, you can go to Fiverr and buy all the links you want right now, and they're going to be terrible. Uh, you can hire people on Upwork who will just go, like, uh, for our Pellet Grill site, they'll just go build Pellet blogspot.com Pellet Grills and Smokers.blogspot, and they'll just like They'll build out a PBN, which is really bad news uh, and be like, look at all these great links I got you. Uh, you don't want that either, right? And so, again, there are SOPs inside of Dropship Breakthrough. There's even more coming here, uh, definitely around the research side and the on-page SEO side. And uh, Layton's about to do some really cool technical stuff for us. And so uh, a lot of these things you can hire out, whether it's an agency, whether it's a human, uh, that's fun. Uh all right, before we go to the last one, which I think everyone asks about, John, is there anything else that you would consider outsourcing in your business or that you have in the past?
1: Yeah, one that I have, and this is particularly a B2B thing, um, I think. And, and a lot of people in, in high-ticket dropshipping are doing B2B, so you're selling to businesses. You've got products that businesses like to buy. Um, that does open up some interesting... Opportunities around doing outreach to those businesses rather than just relying on them coming inbound to you through ads or organic search listings or something like that. You can reach out to those businesses and put because B2B is a bit more relationship based than B2C sales. And so reaching out to them and starting that conversation uh, is going to help you find more customers. And so there are some great tools out there, LinkedIn being one of them, where it's really easy to find people in specific positions, in specific companies, in specific industries, and you can contact them directly on that platform. Uh, and so in my first business where I was selling the home lighting, chandeliers and things like that, some of my customers I identified were interior design companies, architectural companies and electrical contracting companies, right? So what I did was I, uh, I, I learned part of it from somewhere and devised part of it myself, an outreach method using LinkedIn and a virtual assistant to just go and start hitting up companies from a list of companies that I pulled out. And you can pull out a list of all of the interior design companies in Australia or in the US or whatever. Like you can just get a list of the names, go and find those companies, start contacting them, right? They'll, you know, whether it's through LinkedIn or whether it's just through other methods um, and put your name out there. And so that was certainly something that uh i build up like a list of i think on my linkedin you still go look at my linkedin it's still i've never used it for anything other than this really i've like 4000 industry connections on there from that in from that particular business i i never used it again cuz i haven't really done that much b2b um since but um like yeah
0: i was generated a heap of business from doing that I think there's one easy one that we, I don't know how to make this list and that's social media, right? And so part of Google understanding you're a real business is like, you need social signals. You should be signed up on every web 2.0 platform. And if you can just go simply post content relevant to your business, I think that's a great start. Uh, I think eventually you should lean harder into what you're capable of down the line. But I I do think that's way further down the line. I've been able to do this for what I think is a reasonable cost um, from uh, actually she started uh, as a high ticket dropshipper as well she realized she liked some parts she didn't like some parts and really leaned into this part she's a great example of how you can learn some skills and pivot here her name is karina she's actually helping john and i out with a few things currently and uh she's probably open to taking more gigs and so uh this one i will say if you are looking for someone to handle your social media on on a you know post relevant content daily type thing um, reach out she's very reasonable and she's awesome to work with and she's a great gal and if you're listening Karina I hope you you want some business Uh, but I think that's a super easy one that you can get done again for a relatively cheap cost someone who can post for you on a daily basis stay relevant in your customers minds make it so when they see your remarketing ad and they click on your profile and go to your Facebook page that there actually is something there Uh, you you appear again not just for Google but for your customers to be providing relevant content and if you're pumping out content uh, she's very good at spinning that out for you and, and talking about it. And so, uh, yeah, shout out to Karina there. I think that's an easy win. The big one that – like we get asked this all the time, John, and, and unfortunately we get a lot of people coming to us who have done this and really gotten screwed over here is ads. I think – I think – I want to believe it's because – It's hard. That is probably the hardest thing you're going to have to learn in your business is how to run Google ads correctly and set it up well. Uh, I think we do a very good job in our course of teaching that. Uh, We talk about it a lot on our coaching calls inside of the elite membership as well. Just getting this right is so paramount to your business that I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, thank God I can just hand this off and not think about this anymore. But I have yet to see a company that can do this well uh and if you're listening to this and you've been dropshipping for a while you're going to recognize some of these names search scientists is one of them they fucking suck don't go to search scientists they're terrible uh i thought it was just me and maybe i had a bad experience but inside of e-commerce fuel you can rate uh uh, agencies and it's behind a paywall where they like are behind a thing where agencies can't see what you write about them so everyone's really honest no one likes search scientists i'm not sure how they're in business uh there's quite a few others that aren't uh aren't great either. And you will definitely hear from, do you know what, uh, what was it called? Logical position, John, is that the one that, Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. uh, I've never been on more accounts that say LP and whatever (laughs) their, uh, their campaign name is logical position will reach out to you. Guaranteed the moment you have a Shopify business, they simply scrape, you know, built with and reach out to you and they sound like they know what they're doing. They definitely do not. I would not recommend them. And I think there's probably a few others that I'm, I'm forgetting here uh, that we've ran across in the past, I, John, I don't think I would ever tell anyone to outsource ads, um, and I, I have a horror story that turned out with a happy ending of when we did outsource this uh, in house. In fact, but I, I just, to me, that's the bread and butter of your business, mm. and you can't get that wrong.
1: Yeah. So the the and the reality behind this is that, and I'll, I will say this as somebody who was kind of into that industry for a while. I used to run ads for people right? So, I understand this business a bit. Um, that's why I've managed so many Google Ads accounts. When I say I've managed over 100 Google Ads accounts in my time, that's the reason why I did that for about three or four years. Um, the way we run ads for high-ticket dropshipping is very specific in that it's a method that we use that not many people, uh, other people outside of high-ticket dropshipping use, right? And so, Almost no agencies actually have any experience in doing it that way. What they're going to do in your business is run ads in exactly the same way that they would for somebody who sells $50 products. And it just doesn't work. Right? It, it just doesn't work. There, there's no debate about that. There might be some obscure examples where it does, Um, But more often than not, they're going to come in, they're going to run performance max campaigns these days as they're now called previously smart shopping campaigns or something like that. They're going to do very minimal work. And let me tell you right now from being in that industry, when you hire an agency for $1,000 a month, you think you're going to get a lot of time in your account. You're really not. You're getting four to five hours a month sometimes of somebody being in your account. That's really what you're getting because they've got to pay their staff. They've got to cover their other overheads. They've got to give their director's profit, right? So that $1,000 a month is not you spending $1,000 on your ad account. You're spending a couple of hundred dollars on your ad account and the rest of that money is going to supporting their business. So you have to think about for you, is it worthwhile? If you really wanted to get somebody else to do it, could you hire somebody and train them how to do it? Or put them through a course like ours where they can learn how to do it and then they're your employee. Even if they're part-time, they can spend all of their time on your account. And I guarantee you, if it was paying an agency $1,000 or hiring somebody for $1,000 a month and then getting them trained in how to do it correctly uh, and maybe getting that person to do a few other things for you as well, you might get a better
0: outcome there. Or just pay someone what they're worth. You're going to get four to five hours for that thousand plus 7% of your ad spend or whatever they're charging you on top of that, right? And so just use a thousand, pay someone 50 bucks an hour who knows what they're doing to come in for 20 hours a month. 20 hours a month is a lot of time in your ads uh, if they know what they're doing or pay them a hundred dollars an hour for somebody really good and have them in their 10 hours. Like that's a lot of time for somebody who actually knows what they're doing to, to make a lot of changes that will make a difference in your business. And so, uh, look, we try to do this. We try to bring it in house, uh, somebody who had a more of a Facebook skill than a Google skill. Cause we wanted to like lean into social. We were, we were big. I taught him everything we knew. Um, I gave him access to the course I had created at that point. And, uh, I remember being at a mastermind and, uh, Human error, uh, something slipped through. The budget got off for a weekend. Nobody was paying attention because it was a weekend. And we spent $50,000 uh, in a weekend. <laughs> and that nice. sucked. I'm not going to lie. That was not fun. Um, <laughs> I thought we should obviously let the person go. My two partners disagreed. They liked the guy. I I liked the guy for that matter. I've worked with him since then. Uh, But I flew down there. I flew to Charlotte for a week and sat with him for an entire week and just like worked through everything, taught him everything I knew. Um, And after that, things went a lot better. But that was a tough weekend, right? And like that's what can happen. Uh, from an agency, from anyone, if they just like mix a few settings or run you on performance max and say, it'll definitely work. Look at all these clicks. We're getting on the term sauna. They should be converting by now. Why aren't people buying $3,000 saunas when they search the word sauna? Uh, the worst part of agencies to me is like, they're a fan of cutting. So like they have to show you improvement every month or at least they believe they need to show you improvement every month. So it's really easy to start cutting and cut some more and cut some more and cut some more. And then they'll they'll, man, will they ride your brand name uh, and show you how that trademark ad, which you could set up in about 14 seconds today, uh, is converting. Look at this. This is one ad we set up is crushing for you. Yeah. It's because you're, you're riding my brand name. Uh, and then they just continue to cut and cut and cut and cut, and they're like, "Look at this rowas," and and you realize that they're just squeezing the sponge. You're not feeling the sponge anymore. They're just squeezing everything dry, and at some point, it just dries up. Uh, so even if they're running the funnel the right way, they just they have to cut in order to show you improvement month after month after month. And uh, you know they'll cut hours. They'll cut. Uh, what is that called? Day parting. They'll they'll day part the heck out of it, right? Oh, people convert way more between 7 and 8 a.m. So we shut off the other 23 hours and look at 7, to 8 a.m. is crushing for you. Um, It's not, it's not cool. Uh, I'm not a fan of agencies. I think I've said this on the podcast before. This is one place where you can really get into trouble and it is such, it is such a lifeline. It is the heartbeat of your business in the beginning and until you can move into SEO and other, you know, brand building efforts, if they screw this up, it it can really, really be detrimental to your business. And so I just don't recommend it. And I just want to walk
1: back a step there as well. I I 100% agree, but I'm also going to apply that same few last sentences you said to SEO. Please don't hire an SEO agency just out of the gate. That is a place where you can really lose some money because one, they are never cheap. If they're cheap, automatically, they're going to be shit. Um, But they, but seo being the thing where you pay now and you don't see results for months because that's how seo works you got to do the work and then you get the results you can pay an agency they'll be like oh we're going to do this this and this and in six months you'll see the results so you pay them for six months and lo and behold they don't get the results you're not getting your money back right that's not going to be their policy right they're going to say well we've done the work blah 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 you can't get your money back uh, and then I, once again, this is a story I've heard many times from people who have tried to outsource their SEO to an agency for like thousands of dollars a month. And then that agency turns out didn't actually know how to rank a e-commerce business because they were a local service business or something like that uh, and didn't get really any return on that money. Now, hopefully I think Ben's working on something here where we might have somebody we can recommend in that space, hopefully, uh, because that would be fantastic. So if if that does... Uh, uh eventuate we will absolutely you know have something we'll we might be recommending to people to to cover that gap but um yeah please don't rush into outsourcing to an
0: seo agency for your high ticket dropshipping business i think this is something i've considered building like just just on the topic of that john is like i Mm. number one i think agency is probably the worst business ever to run it sounds terrible but I like it Ava. I don't I've never met anyone who can do the SEO right. The person I'm testing right now is saying a lot of the right things. Will they execute? I don't know. But I've never found it. And and so like it's really tempting to try to spin this up. But yeah, you you're keeping so many different people happy. You're setting these expectations where, you know, we talked to someone today who uh, is going to help us with a site. And I was like, this site's going to be way easier than your site. And it's probably going to break your mental frame of how hard you've had to work on your site compared to this site. And that's the case on niche by niche by niche by person by person. And then you're going to meet one person who's a perfectionist and you'll never get the content the way they want it. And you'll be spending your entire day bouncing back emails and slacks. And then you'll get another person who just wants you to put the stuff up. And then three months later, they'll charge back on you and be like, "What? this isn't working. You told me this is going to work. Right. And so like... I'm not sure I would be the right person to run this business. However, I'm positive. Whether you're in our course or not in our course, please come in our course. I can find you keywords that will make you a whole lot of money. I love to do that in coaching calls. By the way, if you're a student listening to this, bring it up. Let's let's walk through your stores in live time because SEO is so powerful if you just do it right and. I'm shocked that I shouldn't be shocked that there's so many people out there claiming they can do it right. But I, I, there's so many you're going to get bombarded in your inbox when you run these businesses by people who claim they can help you every day. I probably deleted 13 of them today. Uh, watch out like there's sharks everywhere and uh, you know, whatever they're trying to do what's best for them. But I, I, I hope that you trust John and I to a point where we recommend only people we trust that have shown past um, wins. Uh, it, it, And I just don't think that's the case in the industry anyway that's the top things to outsource we went all over the place I'm positive I turned this into a two-part episode because I am late for being home for my wife right now uh, so thanks for joining us if there's something you outsource in your business and you want to you have a question for us uh, you know jump into our uh, Facebook tribe group John renamed it but you can still find it by searching the dropship tribe in Facebook it is a Facebook group uh, where you can get all the help from John and I personally and John goes live in there we'd love to have you in there and, and talk about the things that you're outsourcing in your business so uh, go to Facebook type in dropship tribe and uh, come join us and bounce uh, some ideas off of us in there. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step by step in starting your own high ticket dropshipping e commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to DropshipBreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.